fine. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like numbing. Like hypothermia. Yeah, it's like hypothermia. <laughs> this movie is this movie is hypothermia. Yeah, basically you just kinda get numb and then mm-hmm. sleepy and then you die. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Cinema Very Gay, the podcast where we talk about the full spectrum of LGBTQIA plus movies. The good, the bad, the offensive, the like from Grindr? That was, ter- <laughs> that was a terrible Jennifer Coolidge impression. I'm your host Jake, here with my co-host Kevin, and this week we are talking about... <laughs> what are we talking Oh, we're talking about Christmas movies. <laughs> Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Okay. Hello. Welcome back to Cinema Very Gay. This is Kevin. This is Jake. And we are talking about Home for the Holidays movies. Yeah, we are talking about gay Christmas movies, which is probably... There haven't been that many so far, but they're probably mm-hmm. going to become more of a genre. Going I think so. Right? Yeah. Um, were there any this year? We're talking about two from last year. Yeah, there. there is one coming out or is out with um jonathan bennett oh yeah and isn't there did, you were telling me there's one with jim parsons is that a holiday movie no i think that's just a sad gay movie oh okay i yeah. feel like the I, I looked it up last night and i feel like the still i saw was them in front of a christmas tree oh well and it's coming out around christmas time so i think maybe it counts yeah okay yeah so we'll have enough material by next year to <laughs> do a follow-up episode to this <laughs> Um, but our, our two movies that we're doing are Single All the Way and Happiest Season, yeah. which for the life of us, we can't remember that title. Yes. Uh, regularly. Speaking, speaking of not being able to remember the title, <laughs> here is the summary I've written for you to read. Great. Okay, here we go. We're making the Yuletide gay with two stone-cold Christmas classics, Single All the Way and Holiday... Uh, no, wait. Seasons greet... No. Uh, shit. Um, Christmas but with lesbians. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Single All the Way is a romantic comedy directed by Michael Mayer and written by Chad Hodge with additional screenplay edits by your mom. It stars Michael Yuri as Peter and... I want to say Philemon Chambers? Philemon? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Philemon like the... Bible book. As Nick. Best friends who through the magic of the holiday season, come to realize that TaskRabbit is an easy way to find skilled and trusted taskers who can help you put up Christmas lights, fix pipes, paint, and uncover illicit affairs. Unfortunately, taskers cannot stop, <laughs> cannot slap, slap annoying teenagers who think they are wise beyond their years and insert themselves into your romantic life. Nor can they prevent rabid family members from murdering trees when you were trying to save the environment by creating a more sustainable Christmas. Download TaskRabbit from the App Store today. Thank you, TaskRabbit. Christmas in Connecticut and then Lesbians Come is another romantic comedy. That's good. This one directed by Clea Duvall, who co-wrote the screenplay with Mary Holland. It stars Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis as Abby and Harper. The movie is light on product placement, which really seems like a wasted opportunity. What if, instead of Aubrey Plaza's character, Riley, being a doctor, she was an ad executive at Dunkin' Donuts? Or, what if instead of Harper's sister Jane being a fantasy writer, she was a TikTok influencer? Eh, it doesn't really matter. The movie is on Hulu, so it's almost completely inaccessible anyway. That was good. Thank you. That was good. Hulu's been doing this thing recently where it'll automatically have subtitles, and then you turn off the subtitles, but the last thing just gets stuck on the screen. <laughs> Great. And then you just have to restart the movie Oh, seriously? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, like, if you rewind, it's still, that subtitle thing is stuck there. That's a, I like, Netflix has some of the worst content, but they, the streaming interface is still, like, the best. Yeah. Hulu's is terrible. Hulu's terrible. Disney Plus is infuriating. Paramount's pretty bad. Paramount is pretty bad. You know, HBO isn't too bad, but HBO has weird playback issues a lot of times. Yeah. Anyway, but Hulu's the worst. Hulu, Hulu is the worst. But they put out some uh, original content. Christmas, 
Christmas in Connecticut, but make it lesbian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Happy Season, what a terrible title for the movie. It's it, so generic. It's so generic. We, <laughs> all of those titles are going to stick more than yeah. the actual title of this movie. The have, ones that you wrote for jokes. Yeah, I've just been calling it Christmas in Connecticut, but with lesbians to myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to start with that one? Happiest Season? Yeah. Christmas with the lesbians? Yes. Okay. The plot of this movie is Abby, played by Kristen Stewart, is in a relationship with Harper, played by Mackenzie Davis. I like both of them. Yes, I like yeah. both of them. And she invites Kristen Stewart home for the holidays in a fit of I guess she's drunk Angst. and like happy and yeah. uh but it turns out she's not out to her family and so Kristen Stewart has to pretend to be the straight roommate of Harper and not a lot of surprises along the way yeah it it pretty much plays out how you expect a movie with that setup to play out yeah i would say the thing that surprised me the most about it was that it didn't really sell the relationship between harper and abby very yeah, well and think, so even though yeah. it wanted to be a more conventional christmas movie and sort of ended that way it didn't set it up very well <laughs> right and you you've looked up that even like Mackenzie davis in interviews has said that it doesn't seem like these two characters should have ended up together. Yeah, which I think if you are being generous, you can say that this was a really extreme situation and we didn't see their relationship before they were put in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they are, Abby and Harper are a little more compatible than we see them being mm -hmm. in this movie. But then it's a, it's a movie. So you only get what you see in it. And what we see is Harper being awful and having a lot of internalized homophobia that can't get resolved in yeah. two days. And so watching it, it's a little... Um, the ending where they end up together is a little hard to swallow, especially because they introduce a character, Riley, played by Aubrey Plaza, who is has a lot of chemistry with Kristen Stewart and mm -hmm. is not uh, and is out. <laughs> right. And so you're watching the movie and you just are like, this seems like a better option. Yeah, she seems great. It was hard. I, I watched this when it came out with my husband last year and or it came out in 2020. So I, yeah, we probably watched it last year. But I remember like not being as annoyed, like being allowing myself to get sort of swept up in the idea of queer like hallmark christmas movies mm -hmm. but the problem with those is that if you rewatch them and you try to look for like you look deeper at them mm -hmm. it just becomes very problematic it's like this time watch it again and, like just the conversation that they have in the car where it just feels like abby has been this is when they're like driving a bombshell to... of yeah. like oh by the way you're here but can you go back in the closet for a little bit and sleep on a different floor and pretend all these things? I'm just like, oh my God, no. The answer is no. But her answer is yes, or we wouldn't have a movie. She's like, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of that. That that storyline, like that plot. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't need to happen. I, I did like some of the, like, I like the family. I like a lot of the side characters, like the acting. Yeah. It was fun. Like, Mary Steenburgen playing Diana Jessup. <laughs> yeah it's fun it's fun and like dan levy yeah he's fine i he's funny i didn't ha i didn't hate this movie yeah. uh it was watchable i mm -hmm. laughed a couple times i think i was telling you when we were talking about this before recording that for so i think the biggest laugh i got for some reason was just allison brie who plays <laughs> harper's sister mm -hmm. sloan which some great waspy names in this movie yep. actually sloan, sloan harper tipper, tipper uh -huh. yeah uh and Alison Brie, she just is stalking Abby at this party and goes over to get a plate of food and just takes the tongs and uh -huh. just one piece, one cube of cheese, another cube of cheese, and then just walks away. <laughs> I don't know why. Because <laughs> there's like, 
good comedians in this. Yeah. But they don't really get a lot of opportunities to do a lot of funny things. I also, I just love a waspy young-ish woman wearing a single strand of pearls. It's like the most psych- it, it, it reminds me Psycho. of, it reminds me of um, Legally Blonde. Selma Blair. Yeah, Selma yeah. Blair in like a black turtleneck <laughs> with a single strand of pearls. I just love that. There's something yeah. so like unhinged about yeah, that when like a young woman wears it. <laughs> there, there's something that's like happening in the movie zeitgeist right now where it's like this resurgence in the past few years of these hallmark style christmas movies becoming really popular mm-hmm. like streaming services has started popping out their own like original ones of them like the and vanessa like, hudgens one where she plays sorry the, the, roles. the vanessa hudgens three of them oh there's three of yeah. them oh my god yeah there's like a christmas prince there's also a princess for christmas and then there's like Prince does Christmas. <laughs> Prince does Christmas. <laughs> um, I forget. I forget which one that one yeah. is. But Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan was Lindsay just Lohan one of these. Right? One. They all have the most generic titles. I can't. I I just watched it. The Lindsay Lohan I, one. Yeah, and I can I cannot remember. Oh my god! Infuriating. Falling for Christmas. Mm, okay. They could. It could be anything. They could be anything. But it's it's like part of that criticism of those movies. I feel like this when this conversation started happening more, like I don't know, five years, five seven years ago, about like, inclusion. Yeah, about inclusion in in these movies and how Hallmark was like, it's always just a white man and a white woman falling in love, and then there's a lot put on these movies, and it's it it's hard to like, I don't know. For me, it's sort of hard to be like, yeah, I. I want to really like these, and I do think they're cute, but it's also sort of, like, not my genre, and they are sort of just, the baseline is sort of trashy, yeah. or just, it's it's like that, you know, it's like the music of, of cinema, it's like easy listening. Yeah, I came into, so you said you came into these wanting to like them, I would say I had to take a moment when we were watching, started these movies, because... I don't like Christmas movies. They're, I just don't care about them. I don't, yeah. I have very little holiday spirit. So it's hard for me to get in the mindset of people who think Christmas is super important. Mm-hmm. And so I had to sit down and kind of be like, okay, I need to kind of put myself in the mindset of someone who thinks that Christmas is a big deal. It's holly jolly. And I I think I succeeded somewhat mm. I in meeting these movies on their own terms yeah but i still was kind of whatever about like this one i liked better than single all the way which we'll talk about um it i laughed a couple more times uh Mm. and i wasn't tempted to look at my phone a lot (laughs) like i was with single all the way uh it single all the way was so repetitive in a lot of ways like like every scene was just like scene where they talk about how the couple should be together and then mm-hmm. like a date scene and then the couple should be together and then a date scene and it's just blah, blah 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 this one like changed it up a little bit at least there was it had more variety mm-hmm. in its plotting and it had i thought better chemistry between the characters it also had mm-hmm. single all the way all the characters were so nice and it was so conflictless in a way that that's the that's the style like is that the hallmark, the hallmark I, I guess style. i've never seen a hallmark movie before yeah like that's the point is that you watch it because you know everything's going to be good in the end yeah and so I, I liked the the conflicts between harper's family members more like that was that kept my attention more because i just thought you know like allison brie was really funny as this mm-hmm. like uptight sister and i liked uh jane yeah the other, who uh co- yeah, Mary Holland. Co- Mary Holland. Yeah, she she's co-wrote funny. the movie. Um, I thought she was funny. Uh, I didn't really think the kids were the, the like weird psycho kids. I didn't really understand what the movie was going for with that. I can't help you with that one. Yeah, I don't, no. I, I, I don't really know what was going on with that. I, they were a little like kleptos, I guess. Uh-huh. And I don't know. That's all true, but it doesn't add up to anything very interesting. No. Yeah, it's just sort of like... Bleh. It's there. The, the plot plays out. Like We know what the conflict is going to be. 
Yeah, although it just, it, the, the weird thing is that the conflict is so, it's almost overplayed in this movie. Like, if if Single mm-hmm. All the Way underplays its conflict, mm-hmm. this one overplays it to the point where it seems to be veering into drama territory, where yeah. you expect these two characters not to end up together. Yeah. Because, I and it, like, I get what's going on with Harper. I don't think it's, like, a bad characterization, because... She, she's like difficult to sympathize with but she's not just because of the way the movie portrays her but she's not like difficult to understand i think her character makes sense mm-hmm. and because she and comes from this family where and they say this in the movie she her love was always from her parents was predicated on her being a certain way and so she's mm-hmm. afraid of losing her parents love if she it, it doesn't even seem like her parents are necessarily homophobic it's just if she's different from the way that her parents thought she was then Mm -hmm. she's failing them and so she needs to like stay the course on who they think she is and so Hmm. that's understandable yeah but if if they play that up so much and have abby suffer so much from that yeah that it is weird that they sort of hand wave all these issues at the end (laughs) i was terrible and, and I wish that I could undo everything, but I promise you, I will make it up to you. I will spend the rest of my life making it up to you. And I won't hurt you like this again. But please, give me another chance. I, I want to build a life with you. Please. What about your parents? I, no, no, I... I don't care what they think. I only care about you. If I have you, that's all I need. Yeah, I think I agree. And then to your point about like Aubrey Plaza's character coming in and having what seemed like better chemistry. It was sort of like... And also more scenes. She, she gets like more scenes with, yeah. with Abby as the movie goes on. And so it seems Harper's. like it's focusing more on the relationship between abby and riley right then that doesn't that doesn't happen but i think you're right that it's like it is so bleak for abby that it is sort of like a breath of fresh air when riley's there that like Mm -hmm. oh someone's interested like showing interest in being just a good person to you Mm -hmm. you don't have to hide it's like oh let's let's pursue that let's go down that road a little bit it it was weird too because the movie just it made Riley seem so viable as a partner too for so like like Riley didn't have a girlfriend I mean part of it's Aubrey Plaza too like I think she just is really good in the role Mm -hmm. she she can like take a very small role and make it very compelling Mm -hmm. and and I think she and Kristen Stewart just have better chemistry than Kristen Stewart and just like Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart they're sort of an odd couple in a a way and we don't Mm. develop what they're we don't develop what their dynamic is very well. And so it doesn't make as much intuitive sense that they're together. And we never really get a, a deeper understanding of that. Whereas it makes mm-hmm. more intuitive sense that Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza would be together. Yeah. Cause you also see moments where they like let their guard down around each other more. And yeah, but just like yeah. on, on paper too, it's, they're both kind of a little more edgy than mm-hmm. <laughs> Mackenzie mm-hmm. Davis. Mackenzie Davis is less of a sort of, lesbian vibe i guess <laughs> i don't know what am i i don't know what i'm trying to say she's more straight straight presenting i guess maybe kristen stewart looked great in this movie kristen stewart's beautiful the she's the outfit she wore yeah. in at the party at the end her hair this the suit but in the tie but it wasn't tied yeah she had a shirt open yeah like, that was that's great but also she looked like a she was like a lesbian. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's good. She wasn't trying to hide it with that outfit. No. I wonder if, yeah, now hearing you talk about these things, I wonder if, like, I'm still not coming into, I'm putting too much on this movie for, like, what it is. Because it is just sort of fluffy. It goes down smooth. There's some good conflict. Yeah. I mean, I think the, that, I think its main flaw is, as far as what it's trying to be, is that it gets a little too heavy before trying to walk that back so maybe like, that's it, what it is it is there's like a fluffy component but then it tries to 
mind these depths that it's not willing to deal with the implications of because mm-hmm. it still wants to be a fluffy movie. Mm-hmm. It's like opening these doors for you, but we don't go through them. Like, mm-hmm. We don't explore that. Yeah. Maybe I am. Maybe I do like this more than I thought I did. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't ever need to like watch it again, but <laughs> no, I definitely won't be doing that. Twice was enough. We have other Hallmark movies to watch too. I don't want to watch Hallmark movies. I just, I know. it's just, I don't, it's not your genre. I'm not a Christmas person. Like Christmas movies, war movies. Just war movies, blanket statement. Yeah, I'm just not... Uh, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I, it's, I, I know it's a good movie. I just mm. I didn't like have the best time watching it. Brid- Bridge on the River Kwai. I don't like that movie that much, actually. Apocalypse Now. That's a good movie. Okay, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, those are, they're just genres that I don't gravitate to. No, that's fine. I do like The Grinch, <laughs> which is a terrible movie. But there it is. <laughs> that is one of the most quoted movies in my family's household. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's, it's a staple, but that, it's also like a terrible movie. You would relate to The Grinch. I, I relate most to, to Martha Mayhew. <laughs> Martha Mayhew. Yeah. Betty, hi. Betty, hi. <laughs> I don't need to arbitrate Happiest Season anymore. Sorry. A Lesbian Christmas Carol. That's Carol. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> That's been done. Yeah. That, w- that was Lesbian Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's move on to Happiest Season. No, we just talked about no. Happiest Season. <laughs> I can't keep track of any of these. What is, what is the other movie? Single All the Way. Okay, yeah, let's, let's take a break <laughs> and talk about Single All the Way. Let's talk about dead parents. <laughs> Why'd you point at me? Uh, Kevin's parents are both alive. I don't. Uh, <laughs> so I wait. Jingle all the way is a movie. Is Jingle all the way a movie? Yeah, it's the one with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Insane. I don't know if this is a the case because again, I I don't watch a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that in both of these movies the so there's a person who they're going to the family for Christmas. Yeah. And then there's the person who's being dragged along. Yes. And I thought in it was interesting that in both instances, the person being dragged along had dead parents. <laughs> That's true. So you don't actually have to unpack much about that character or their family. I, I don't know what the... Watching it, I was like, I feel like the impetus behind this is that it's sort of unconscionable if you are not with someone to go mm. to someone else's Christmas mm. or they, they needed, they needed some excuse for like why they weren't going to their family's Christmas. Yeah. And they were like, well, the only thing that would make any sense is if their parents are dead. Right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason that comes up a lot actually in happiest season. <laughs> they talk about her being an orphan a lot. I think it comes up once in, once or twice and um, single all the way, mm-hmm. which speaks sort of to the co- how like happy season was a little <laughs> more caustic because they just keep the family keeps bringing up like oh she's an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> See you you so you liked happiest season more because it tried to get a little bit deeper in those things or like I would say darker I like, places. I would like I would say I liked happy season more just because it had more. not because it went darker it just had more like conflict like the characters were mean to one another and i thought the mean jokes were funnier like Mm -hmm. i liked all of the mean things that the sisters said to one another and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i thought single all the way was sort of conflictless and extremely repetitive and so i was just kind of bored like i was actually expecting to going into this one I, i you know i tried to put on my cynicism blinders and not but i assumed that it was going to be super cringy and uh-huh. i would say this movie single all the way it was not cringy except for a couple scenes like that dance scene oh that was terrible i hate i hated that i, hated I got that. like cold <laughs> sweat from that scene and i just but for the most part i was just kind of bored and i was like oh this movie's still going <laughs> like, yeah. especially because within the first scene you know the plot of the entire movie it's Correct. It's going to be how Nick and Peter get together, and also Nick needs to write another 
children's book. Right. And he's going to use his experience from the movie to write another children's book. Great. You just summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me personally, when I came into both of these movies as like in this genre, my expectations were met much more by what I got from Single All the Way. So I think I came out of it more positive than I did Happiest Season for like the exact reasons that you're saying. Like there is very little conflict. I'm just like, okay, this is nice. It is repetitive, but it's sort of like, I don't know, just like a warm, cozy blanket of repetitiveness. I don't and know. I don't I, mean that. I got, I also, I, I will say I got frustrated at a couple of things in this movie. Like I, in the summary I talked about, I just, I don't like kids interfering with it. I don't think it's cute. I don't no, think it's that was I, bad. I don't think it's cute when kids are, and I feel like this is a romantic comedy trope sometimes. It made me think of the kid in like Sleepless in Seattle or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like Love Actually. Or yeah, like Love Actually. I'm like, God, if a kid ever tried to interfere in my love life, slap. They get slapped. They get slapped. Slap. Kicked in the shin, pushed down the stairs. <laughs> Throw dirt in their face. Yeah. So Single All the Way yeah. has Michael Yuri and Fleeman Chambers. And it has cutie make cutie pants, Luke McFarlane. He's oh. gonna come up again next week too. And I just the other thing that bothered just, me about he this made me movie, so happy. I just wanted the, I wanted the best for him. Yeah, the other thing that bothered me about this movie is just so chaste. It made me like yeah, they're they're all again. You're describing things that are like tropes of these movies. Okay, well it's you're like it, where's my porn? It's not like where's my porn, but I just don't buy that these like like 40 year old men are they're, like having a meet cute and like going on a couple dates and like maybe kissing and stuff. I'm like, no, no, you're, that, for, you're I mean, 40. So that is a, a, I guess, problem like trying to foist this template of a movie onto a queer relationship in very unrealistic ways. It's like the little meet cute that they have when they first meet, like the story of how they first met. It's like, signing up for a family plan at a gym together in LA mm-hmm. by pretending that they were partners and then they became best friends. Nick and Peter. Yes. What's what's Luke McFarlane's character's name? James. Oh, Jim. James. Yeah, not Jim. Not Jim. Not, not Jimmy. Jimmy. James. Um, yeah, Peter and Nick. And I'm like, no, if you guys were like, you just moved to the city and you met a cute boy at a gym and then you pretended to, you pretended to be together you just like go hang out and probably play around. Yeah. I if um, an easy tweak to that would be they like hooked up but then decided to be they like hooked up once but then decided to be friends. Right, but they can I buy that one more. I would buy that. But they couldn't just say that. No. Because it's shit, too confusing. It's, it's too confusing <laughs> for the straights. But yeah, it was like Luke this guy's home for Christmas, the only other like eligible gay man in this was it uh, in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Apparently is Luke McFarlane, who is just gorgeous mm-hmm. and sweet and nice. Yeah, he's very charming in this and, movie. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. They'd just, he'd just go home with him yeah. that night. But, so. but it's also, it, it'd be weird to, how do I, how do I want to phrase this? It's, it's just that um, the movie, I guess, treats sex like a bigger deal than I think yeah any 40 year old gay man would so like correct it would be like they could just have sex and still like be figuring out the relationship and also it right. wouldn't be like a huge commitment like the way the movie portrays it right but instead it's all about the kiss you won't even kiss him we're going he, he's like well this is me yeah like what sort of like lame <laughs> pollyanna shit is that like i it, it it was hard for me to root for Michael Yuri. I like Michael Yuri. It was hard for me to root for him in this movie because I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> I, I thought he was cute though. Like he's he's, like, he's cute. He's a plant gay. He's a little neurotic, but he's like a little a little family boy. Little small town New Hampshire. He's also better than this. I, I I've seen him in a bunch of stuff that I like. And although I guess hmm. I've I've seen him on stage in a couple things. I I, oh, I, sure. I don't know what he this might be the first movie I've seen him in. Potentially. He was on um, Ugly Betty. Yeah, I never watched Ugly Betty. That. But he's a, good, he's a good actor. I saw him in Torch Song Trilogy. He was really good. I saw him in Bright Room Called Day. Like, he's a talented actor. And I felt like this was a little beneath mm-hmm. him, almost. <laughs> I get that. But I, I, I thought it went down. I just, I thought it went down smooth. And Philemon Chambers as Nick 
is just so cute. Yeah. And it's got a lot of, uh, it rounds out the cast with some popular gay actors. Gay icon, Kathy, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge is Aunt Sandy, who's basically doing a weird impersonation of Jennifer Coolidge. Yes, that is, that is what she does now. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, the, the thing I have been quoting the most from this movie is just her coming in and being like, like from Grinder? Like from Grinder? No. <laughs> I love that. Or the I, I did like the line that was like, when you think about it, there's there was nothing, nothing particularly remarkable about Mary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kathy and Jimmy, mm -hmm. Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. Box, box, Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. Yes. He's in it. Uh, who was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Jennifer Robertson was the uh, sister, Lisa. She was in Schitt's Creek. She was the the mayor of Schitt's Creek's wife. She, so she's funny. But there's not... Yeah, there's... The, the, the side characters don't get as much to do. There's minor conflict happening with them. Yeah, now that you alerted me to the kids thing when i watched it again it's like yeah that is really annoying and it isn't just a little bit it's like these teenagers are plot drivers for this movie they spent like, and there's so many scenes of them manufacturing situations and just talking about how they think nick and peter should be together and right. just over and over again i was like oh my god yeah I'm so bored yeah this movie really this movie needed to be if this movie was 20 minutes shorter I think I would have liked it more. Just cut out the teenagers. Or just cut out, like, just like there are just so many scenes of them just, like, hanging around talking about how Nick and Peter should be together. And, like, I was like, I get it. I get it, movie. They also needed to take their shirts off. Nick does. And when he's in bed. He's, like, walking around in, with a towel at one point. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that's all I needed. That was good. Hmm. That, that, was, that was enough sex for you. Yeah, and then, I, and, <laughs> I, was seen. and then I got sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and I found something on my phone. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, it was... I had to... I, st I stopped the movie and played Kingdom, Kingdom Rush for 30 minutes and then started the movie again. What's Kingdom Rush? It's a tower defense game that I've been playing on my phone. <laughs> Do you think they... The movie earned Nick and Peter getting together at the end? Like, do you buy that more than you bought happiest lesbians yeah if only because they didn't really like it was kind of neither here nor there to me mm -hmm. who ended up with who because everyone was just kind of like nice and yeah well adjusted which is yeah. like fine i guess it's just i don't think you need a like a villain for a movie like this but it, it needed something more mm -hmm. i'm fine with that that said, I do kind of like like give them a give them more of a goal that they can strive to. That's like a subplot or something like it, it, like opening the store, being a task rabbit. That does come up a lot. Task rabbit. Task rabbit must have made uh, Wayne Boggs Carpet World. Wayne Boggs Carpet World. Wayne Boggs Carpet World. One one thing to say to you, Wayne Boggs Carpet <laughs> World. Yeah, I thought the task rabbit stuff was gonna kind of fade away once they left L.A., but no, Nick. Who the movie keeps saying does not need money. Right. It still does task rabbits on vacation. Yes. <laughs> Which was weird. Yeah. It was strange. But I, I also like But Task Rabbit it. paid for the ad space, so. Yeah. So you had to do Task Rabbit. Task Rabbit. Task I have Rabbit. One thing to say to you about this movie. Task Rabbit. They must have could I was like I, a comfort blanket. It's cute that like all the family is just supportive and loves him and like I don't need those doors to be open for a movie like this it's like going to like big conflicts i mean it could have been nice but it's like fine <laughs> i don't know yeah it's like numbing like hypothermia yeah it's like hypothermia <laughs> this movie is this movie the, is hypothermia yeah basically you just kind of get numb and then mm -hmm. sleepy and then you die <laughs> jesus <laughs> I did like Aunt Sandy, Jennifer Coolidge's character, that she's just putting on a pageant. She's back and she gets way too serious about this children's Christmas pageant. Yeah, I did I really... Like, I like that. I liked that she was 
and they never explain this when they do the pageant. She was just randomly dressed as Glinda the Good Witch during the pageant. <laughs> I don't understand. The thing. And and there's a banner above it that says Jesus H Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the editing of the pageant scene was very strange. It was edited like the pageant mm-hmm. was a minute and a half show. Mm-hmm. It didn't convey through the editing that time was passing between the cuts. It was very strange. Yeah. Just a lot of reaction shots from the audience. Mm-hmm. Most of them, like, just laughing or crying. I guess my, my biggest problem with this movie really is just the way it portrays, like, adult relationships. And I'm guessing this is, like, a Hallmark movie thing where, like, mm-hmm. it treats adult relationships like teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that is that fair? Like, yes. It has the emotional stakes and shadings of how teenagers feel in real life, but not adults. The pageant scene nick and peter are off to the side and one of them has their hand around the other one and then james is in the audience and he looks over and he's like devastated Mm -hmm. because he's like oh these two are in love with one another and i'm like if someone thought that just because i had my like if i had my hand over your shoulder Mm -hmm. and it was like oh they're in love with one another i'd be Mm -hmm. like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) we were like adults yeah like we were adult gay men we were allowed to like put our arms around each other without it being an indicator that we are in love with one another. That's true. (laughs) They're also allowed to have sex with each other and not be in love with one another. Yeah, and so... We don't open that. This movie felt a little... It just felt like a weird funhouse mirror version (laughs) of what, like, adults feel. And so... Uh And and at least, like, Happiest Season, they felt like adult characters, I guess. Okay. I, I I get that. I wasn't thinking that, like this was a movie written about teenagers that they miscast with adults. <laughs> I do get that. That's fair. Part of it is like the two of them, Abby and Harper, being in a relationship, even with all its problems, they don't have to go find love. Like that's not the point of mm-hmm. this movie. Whereas all of these, like a single all the way type thing is about like discovering your love and like finding this person. So in that, I think romance is very easy to write off as chaste and speedy and like all-consuming immediate (laughs) sort of like a disney movie which one single all the way no like just romance like that it's like love at first sight true love's first kiss we've known each other for three days but yeah i've never loved anyone more in my life so disney characters are also like teenagers (laughs) yeah yeah there you go. They're not 40. Aladdin's not 40. We don't know that. Yeah, we do. We you do, do know, know that. that. Yeah, we do know <laughs> that. Anyway, I I still like Single All the Way more than... Oh, I thought of a really oh, no. good one, but it's really mean. I don't know if I can say it. I'm gonna... Do you want me to keep that in? No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't want to oversell how much I liked either of these movies. They mm-hmm, really just mm-hmm. kind of... Um, just not my thing. I'm never gonna. That's I, don't think, I don't think I'm ever gonna sit down and voluntarily watch a Christmas romantic comedy. But I'm not like mad at either one. I guess. Sure. I think Happiest Season is probably more flawed, but more interesting to me, and so I was more compelled by it. And then Single All the Way was just kind of bland, so I kind of. Um, Started doing crochet. <laughs> I was doing my taxes yeah. while I was watching the movie. <laughs> Overachiever. But if this is your, if this is your jam, you you like the Hallmark movies, and you like gay people, go for it. This is for you. I also just looked up. Cosmo has an article called "28 LGBT Holiday Movies to Make Your Spirits Bright This Season." Is it a or some of these stretches? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So there's The Holiday Sitter. That's the Hallmark movie that's coming out okay. with Jonathan Bennett. Then there's A Very Salem Christmas, which is a Days of Our Lives movie, huh. apparently. Twinkle All the Way, a Lifetime movie with an openly gay couple. Oh, so it's not like about them. They just are in the movie. They're just there. Okay, okay and here we go. Yeah. Tangerine. You know what? <laughs> that's well, my that's my kind of christmas movie is that honestly gonna, is that gonna make your season bright 
I thought that movie was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's just, it's funny to go from like, that's a, fluff, yeah. fluff, fluff. Oh, yeah. Indie drama, out of pocket about chaos. sex workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Red Lodge. Never heard of that. Don't know that one. City of Trees. <laughs> These real? <laughs> yeah, this is that's a lesbian one. They're single all the way. Number seven. Under the Christmas Tree. <laughs> the, the, the story of two... Hold, listen to this. Okay. Tells the story of two women whose paths unexpectedly cross after Charlie, a, quote, tree whisperer, Ooh. finds the perfect Christmas tree for the main governor's holiday celebration in marketing exec Alma's backyard. See, mar- marketing exec. Marketing exec. That's, that, that's where you get in the product placement. Mm-hmm. You always have to have a marketing exec character. Oh, here's one from... <laughs> Wait, when is this? The the bitch who stole Christmas, a RuPaul, oh. movie. I don't know if I watched that. I'm guessing that has like a budget of two. Something, <laughs> something, something's ringing a bell there. Luke McFarlane was in a bunch of Hallmark movies, right? Mm-hmm. I, looked this, I looked this up because mm-hmm. I, I was I was well I was thinking watching it. I was like, where do I know this guy from? And it was Brothers and Sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is a terrible show, but. Again, I watch anything with Sally Field, but he played he played a gay guy on that show, and he mm-hmm. he came out in like two thousand eight. He's actually been out for a while. I was I was surprised. I would, I guess I just assumed that because he looked sort of like a conventionally attractive, and he was in a bunch of Hallmark movies where I assume he played a straight guy that he came out recently. But he's been out for a while. It's interesting that he's been cast in this and like what we'll talk about on our next episode with Bros. He's good. Yeah, I like him. He's cute. I liked him. I have nothing else to say about this. I don't either. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry, Merry Grinchmas. That's all. jumping into our mini-series, and we've reached a turning point in Disney history of um, the Disney Renaissance period. So we just did Great Mouse Detective, which was sort of like the very beginning of this. But I, I would say Oliver and Company was probably Oliver and the Company of the Disney Renaissance. Which, what is the Disney yeah. Renaissance? Well, so there was a big turnover in Disney management. This was Michael Eisner came in as and and Katzen and Katzenberg came in as like CEO and president of Disney because mm-hmm. Disney's the films up through the 80s were or 70s and 80s were like not as commercially successful. They weren't making as much money as they used to with some of the old classics. And who was the animator yeah. that left? I mean Don Bluth left. Don and, Bluth, but he left pretty early in the 80s, I think, and possibly even the 70s. Yeah, because he did, like, Nim and... But Disney and, didn't... They were struggling from, like, the 50s to the early 90s. Like, there was yeah, a really long back. period where they did not do very well. Yeah. And and then, like... Oh, so Great Mouse Detective came out, like, around the same time that American Tale came out. Oh, yeah. And that was Bluth. That was his production. And that did way better. Mm-hmm. And so... There's just big reshuffling in Disney and the movies that they started to produce and starting with the one that we're talking about, I guess really starting with the one that we're talking about, which is Little Mermaid. They started to sort of write as more Broadway style musicals was mm-hmm. the idea. So there's like more musical numbers going on, which is why we tend to remember them a lot more than the songs from like Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. With some exceptions, like like Sexy Mouse, her song. But now we get like a full movie musical. And they start like taking from like Studio Ghibli movies and like other like new techniques with CGI. So the animation gets kicked up 
a notch too in quality. They start doing a lot more with animation and with the the stories. And so there's like a, a renaissance of films from like Little Mermaid up through the end of the 90s that sort of redefined Disney mm-hmm. and put them back on the map commercially and at the box office. And I guess Oliver and Company would be the start of it, but Little Mermaid was like huge. Mm-hmm. It was an Academy Award winning movie for the music and for best original song. And this is where like Alan Menken started doing a lot of what he's been known for with yeah. Disney. And Howard Ashman, which so Howard, Ashman. Howard Ashman was a huge, he had worked on Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And so he brought in that Broadway experience yeah. mm-hmm. and um, he was gay. He died of AIDS in 1991 after this movie came out, mm-hmm. but still had um, songs that were featured in Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. And so the there was like a gay person behind the scenes who brought, I think, a certain sensibility to a lot of these songs and especially mm-hmm. especially um, looking at the production of Little Mermaid. The, the voice acting mm-hmm. was really kicked up a notch, especially when we get to Aladdin next week, where they would record the songs and the voiceover and then animate around that. Mm-hmm. Um, like animate around performances and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's, there's like a, a flamboyance and a showiness to it. Like you can tell they really festooned the musical numbers. And yeah. we get we get a queer icon. Ursula. I was gonna say Prince Eric, but oh. yeah, Ursula. Ursula the Sea Witch, mm-hmm. who is our our queer coded Disney villain of the week. Yes. Who also famously is based on mm-hmm. the look is based on Divine, the drag yes. queen. Which is weird when you think about Right. That connection. It, right. It's like a drag queen who's most famous for eating dog shit. <laughs> Later like, became an inspiration for a Disney villain. A Disney villain. It's not like it's not like audiences knew that. No. It's just <laughs> but it, it's it, funny. It's another example of how there were these gay people working behind the scenes who brought a lot to yes. the table and this thing that ended up becoming just basically the reason that Disney is the way it is today. I mean they were as far as like being a giant media company, this is sort of the genesis of that mm-hmm. because they really were struggling for a while as far as like their animation studio went. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like, I, I, I think this is probably maybe the second time I've seen this movie. I that's surprising. I did not remember much about this movie, but mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I did really too. Good. It was fun to revisit this one. I didn't the see music's it in a long great. Time. I do think like Pat Carroll, the, her voice mm-hmm. acting is so good. Yeah uh she voices ursula had some fun side characters i love scuttle um he gave he gave me like some zoidberg vibes almost yeah (laughs) which i think is what like when he is checking if she's alive and he just puts her foot to his ear (laughs) he's like yeah he's like i know he's like i know everything about human and anatomy Uh (laughs) can't hear the pulse yeah (laughs) i'm zoidberg King of the Rock. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And the biggest laugh I got in the entire movie was Scuttle just being like, I'm going to set the mood. And he flies up into that tree and starts singing. And it's just the, like, wow, wow, wow. Like, first of that, that made me laugh so hard. I I think what got the biggest chuckle out of me was the Le Poisson song. I, yeah, I love that which song. Which I, I feel like I never really cared about as a kid watching it. But, like, maybe because I, I speak... Uh, Limited French now. Yeah. Thank you. Duolingo. 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 I have one thing to say to you. Duolingo? Wayne Boggs Carpet. Wayne Boggs. <laughs> but the Le Poisson song where um, Sebastian the Crab is like running from this absurd caricature of a French chef. Yeah. Like, why is he French? Well, I think that's the reason. <laughs> where is this coming from? Yeah, because this isn't even a French fairy tale. It's like Dutch, right? Yeah, it's Dutch. Plus they're... I mean, okay, we don't, there's no need to do this arbitration, but like, there's no coral reefs there. These animals don't all live in the same ecosystem. You, you're right. I never would have thought of that. But I think also it's not, I, I think it's funnier as an adult, probably because you know what French stereotypes are. And uh-huh. so watching the movie, you're just like, oh, they just shoved every French stereotype <laughs> into this oui, one oui, character. Oui, oui. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I was singing um, 
part of your world. Great song. Knowing that it's like written like a Broadway musical, there's like a reprise and themes are sprinkled throughout that keep coming back. And Ursula gets one of the the best numbers. She gets her villain song. Her villain song is fantastic. Don't forget the importance of body language. Yeah. Ha! Yeah, I I really do think Pat Carroll is really amazing in this role. They're like, look at me, wasting away into nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Ursula... You got it, sweet cakes. She's a sea witch. She's been... uh, She used to live in the kingdom, I guess, and was banished. That's her background. Her evil witchiness. Yeah, now she's trying to get revenge on Triton. Mm -hmm. So I guess the driver of the plot is more of the conflict between triton and ursula and Mm -hmm. then ariel's sort of having her own thing that is Mm -hmm. more of into it it's like the main plot of the movie but it's not the i guess main conflict right i guess yeah because ursula really wants revenge on the kingdom but she also is like taking the souls of mermaids for her power yeah, that was terrifying. That's really dark. The, the the little souls that have turned into withered stalks of like kelp that live oh, on the, so the, the sea is really creepy. I don't. I also did not remember that, and I was uh, shocked watching it that mm-hmm. that was like in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, that and the when the eels get killed, and it's like <laughs> yeah. little chunks of meat and like an eyeball floating down. Wow, this wow. movie is... They went for it. Yeah, this movie is a lot more violent than I uh, would have guessed that it would be. It worked. Yeah, it is really. It is a really dark motivation. Like, they did a good job at making her e- an evil villain, but it wasn't sort of the, like, campy Greek tragediness of, like, Maleficent Mm-mm. just, like, didn't get invited to a party, so she's going to kill a baby. This is a witch exacting her revenge for being wronged ages ago. Yeah, she even still says goes to, after a kid. She but. even says to, to Ariel at one point, she's like, it's not you I'm after. Mm-hmm. It's Triton. Um, who, Triton's kind of hot. Triton's kind of hot. I was writing down all of the gay icons again from this movie. Grimsby. Grimsby, for sure. Louis, the for chef. Louis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely gay. Prince Eric is probably bi. All of the pirates, again, trend alert. Oh, yeah, gay pirates. Gay pirates. Um, King Triton's daddy. Sebastian's probably gay. I also liked the the opening number was sort of like a Zigfield Follies number. It was giving like um, most beautiful bride from Funny Girl. Oh yeah, I can see that. Leading up to like a non-reveal. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was funny. I was also surprised that uh, Ariel doesn't get her legs until like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's not actually a ton of. I think just from cultural osmosis i think that uh and we've talked we've talked about this on other episodes of this mini series where it's that just kind of like lazy pop culture feminism about how like this whole movie is about her being in love with prince eric and all this stuff and like that's not actually a huge part of the movie right <laughs> um she doesn't get her legs until halfway through the movie the whole courting thing takes up probably like 20 minutes of the film mm-hmm. um and then the rest of it is about the conflict between Triton and Ursula and um, the how Ariel just kind of like is a human fangirl. Like even before she meets Eric, she w- wants to go to the surface and be, yeah. be a human. Like yeah. she, she's she not, to escape. Her, her main motivation is not to be with Eric necessarily. It's just to like experience what it's like to be on land. Yeah. And, that, and then that's what Ursula feeds on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can do that, but you have to fall in love. Yeah. I always was really scared as a kid by Ursula becoming, like, giant when she takes Triton's power. Yeah, she doesn't and, uh, transform into a different thing. She just is, like, a more giant version of herself. That was scary to me. Yeah, it was scary. Sort of, like, eldritch horror, like Lovecraft monster coming out of the ocean. Yeah, she's... And then a- she gets killed by a boat... Yeah, I would say she's she's a very scary villain. Mm -hmm. Does she live in a dinosaur? I couldn't tell. I think so. Some sort of leviathan. Yeah, Yeah. she she looks like she lives in a dinosaur skeleton. And like a giant conch shell, which also terrifying to think about. 
No conch is that big. <laughs> it's unconscionable. Oh. I, I hate myself. Or, but no, Ursula did transform that. She transformed from ugly into beautiful. She did a reverse. Reverse evil, evil queen. queen. Mm-hmm. Into Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa. What a... We need her to come across like a bitch. Yeah, what's the... What, let's give her a look really waspy name. Yeah. Vicky. Tipper. Sloan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her name should have been Sloan. It was like Kitty. Yeah, why is it a V sound? I don't know. It's just inherently bitchy. Anyway, this was this was a fun one to to go back to. Like yes. we know we knew Ursula was great, and it's fun that she's obviously a drag queen. Yeah, and very much in the vein of classic Disney villains, I would mm-hmm. say. I don't I don't think I I think we're gonna see more deviation in the Disney Renaissance with some of the male characters and how they're mm-hmm. portrayed. But Maleficent, Evil Queen, Corella, it was a formula that worked, mm-hmm. and Disney didn't mess with it. Mm-hmm. for this movie they were like this works she is me- as menacing as she needs to be yep. but she's also kind of like fun and is this the first time no i guess Ra- was radigan the first time the villain had a villain song well corella but like that they sang none of the other movies we've watched have had they've had like songs about the villain or mm-hmm. something like that but I think the villain song's becoming more of an established thing at this point, which is also a reason why I think a lot of the characters in the Disney Renaissance era are popular, right? Because they have, like, a fun song attached to them, like Scar and um, Gaston's song is great. We're not going to talk about Gaston, but that's... No, but that's a great song. Yeah. You're right. So I think we're seeing that become more of a thing. Um, It's also funny to think about, we haven't been really talking about other adaptations, but... Like other people that have played Ursula. Who else has played Ursula? Well, Queen Sifa did it on the live action version. I could see her being good in that. Yeah, and her, her uh, I didn't see it, but the vocals are really good. Mm-hmm. She's got the character. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to actually cast a drag queen in the role. Yeah, that'd be fun. It, it, it could be like a sort of Edna Turnblatt sort of thing. <laughs> like it just, it, it just is yes. for a drag queen. Yeah. Ginger Minge doing it. Actually, you know who would be great at at it though? Not a, not a drag queen, but a lesbian. Paula Pell. Paula Pell. She would be. Such, she fun. would make a great Ursula. <laughs> that's fun. But you know who they they cast in the live action movie that's coming out soon? You told me it's yeah, Melissa, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I think Paula Pell's. I think. I think that's much better casting. I think Paula Pell's the right answer. Yeah. Or uh, our 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 favorite Leah Delaria. Just oh have a, man! Have a, have a butch tatted up Ursula. That'd be great. <laughs> I love that. Okay, we need to get in contact with Leo Delaria's people. Yeah. Why won't she why won't she answer our calls? I don't know. Or respond <laughs> to any of my the, any of the times I tag her or message her on Instagram. Yeah. We just mm. we just want to hang out. Grab your nerd and come to Holiday Inn. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. That was our episode. Yeah, that was um, Jingle All the Way and Mom, I Married a Christmas Lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell Mom the best friend is a lesbian. Don't tell Mom the Christmas tree's gay. Don't tell Mom, yeah. (laughs) uh, Scissoring for Santa. So I married a gay lesbian Christmas tree. (laughs) Ooh, they need to do one where... uh, Mrs. Claus is a lesbian. Okay. I'll only watch that if we do an episode about it, though. Okay. But do these movies have everything? I guess they have everything you would want out of a Christmas movie. They have uh, very little conflict, and everyone's happy in the end. There's horrible city life that they just want to get away from. It's got meddling teenagers. Oh, God. Yeah. It has Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, it's got... Christmas pageants. It's got pageantry. Victor Garber. We didn't mention Victor Garber. Oh, gay icon Victor Garber. And, uh... It's got Christmas trees. Yep, it's got a very (laughs) problematic message about (laughs) Christmas trees Mm -hmm. that you should really get a real one. Right. Let's go deforest. Yes. Merry Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. (laughs) Happy Christmas. (laughs) Do kids still... Do kids... No. Are they still saying that? No, they're not still <laughs> no. saying that. <laughs> okay. Well, those were... Oh, 
No, we forgot social media at the beginning again. Uh, social, well, social media, Twitter, at CinemaVeryGay, Instagram, at CinemaVeryGay, Letterboxd, CinemaVeryGay. So we will see everyone again in two weeks. Right. Happy holidays. Bye. Sorry if you love Christmas. <laughs>